welcome to another episode of 10x hacks for startup and venture success this is your host veera patil and today we have an extremely special guest who is not only uh, a design uh, enthusiast but also one of those elite designers and innovators at nike and uh, a creator of the highest order if you nobody understands the mind body balance and the design thinking which goes behind it like russ uh, russ has been a close friend um, and he's also been very inspiring mentor to me over the past few years especially through the pandemic and uh, he's inspiring literally everyone on a daily basis about fitness awesome. hacks who has won accolades at the national uh, level qualified for a lot of international uh, events as well so uh, let's get started without further ado uh, welcome on board russ it's uh, such a Thank pleasure you. to have you i know i introduced you with multiple designations here so what do you right. who is russ bivens well you gave me far too many accolades i must say that first of all but um i have been a triathlete in my personal life for uh, about 35 years I have been an industrial designer with uh nike for 32 plus years so um they've kind of hooked up in my life very much together sort of at the same time i was a marathon runner for many many years and uh switched to triathlon because i actually found although the training is much more lengthy it actually is less uh injury prone because when you're a marathon runner you're running as an example 60 to 80 miles a week uh all that pressure being uh exerted on your lower body whereas in triathlon you train for three sports swim bike and run and in each of those sports you're doing less of what an individual singular sport person would do so it uh, actually i haven't been injured much at all in the in the past 30 years so um it's actually been a boon to my physical fitness because i've been able to keep training and then from a professional standpoint um i am a designer I think I was born a designer, graduated from FIT in New York and then did some additional work at the Academy of Art in San Francisco. But I love to design products. I feel design is an extension of art and art is another part of my life that I enjoy personally. I'm not an artist by any means. I'm definitely a designer. So that's where the demarcation line is. Design is more of a a problem-solving event and art doesn't have to solve any problems so it's uh it's sort of a different thing but i love designing products uh, we problem solve that's the main thing that we do and we create new things that people don't even know that they need uh in most cases absolutely and uh, if i look at your uh, daily posts the the variety with which nike is creating certainly uh it is uh, mind boggling the kind of products you share every day i'm sure there yeah. is there is a wealth of uh, design thinking behind all that but we let's hold that thought you know i want to yep. uh, uh extrapolate on a couple of things you said earlier in your description you said sure. uh, marathon 
is a unidirectional training, but triathlon, you swim, you run, and If you're a runner, the first thing that you have to learn how to do is swim. (laughs) So if you can't swim, you can't really do the sport. Although there are some duathlon races that allow uh, people to do a, uh, usually it's a run, bike, run in in that world. So it's a little bit different, but uh, you first obviously have to be a swimmer or become a swimmer. And then the bike is obviously equally important, actually in many ways, much more important because the bike is the majority of the time during a race that you're participating in. The swim is a very small part. The the bike is the longest part. And then the run is kind of in between the two. As an example, we talked about this previously, Vita, but the, the, uh, in Ironman distance, the swim is 2.4 miles. Right. The bike is 112 miles. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, run is a marathon, 26.2 miles, total 140.6 miles. Gosh. So the majority of that time, at least half the time, uh, is spent on the bike. So that's obviously another really important part of the, the uh, so one would need to become a triathlete is good bike and good swim. So, you know, uh, you just described to me these mind-boggling statistics here about triathlon. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. definitely, can I, can I call it an extreme sport? Do, does it qualify to be I, an extreme it, sport? Well, it used to be called an extreme sport, but nowadays it's, it's not because people have taken it even so much farther than triathlon to sports that include five or six different uh, activities more crazy than what we do in triathlon. You would have to go to sports like uh, adventure racing, that kind of thing, where teams race for five or six days and uh, you know race in, in concert together. That would be more of an extreme sport. Triathlon is was probably the leader and the king of endurance sports, but there are people that are doing things that are um, much more dramatic than than triathlon nowadays. The other thing about triathlon is, you know, the the mind-boggling numbers are, one thing, that's just the Ironman distance. If a a runner wants to become a triathlete, they can do so by going into, starting with a a sprint race, which might be 800-meter swim, maybe a a 15- or 20-mile bike, and then a 5K run. So, um, you know, you can get into the sport at a, a much lower level, sort of dip your feet in the water, so to speak, and, uh, and start that way. Then there are all kinds of graduated lengths. There's the Olympic distance race, which hopefully we'll see in, in Tokyo in uh, about four weeks' time. And then uh, there's a half Ironman, which would be the same as the Ironman except cut in half. Right. Uh, so those would be the main rate, race distances. Amazing. Thank you for listening to the podcast 10x Hacks for Startup and Venture Success. This is your host, Vida Patil. I'm bringing you interviews of investors and founders from Silicon Valley and across the globe. 
This podcast takes a lot of time and effort, so please support this by subscribing to my iTunes, SoundCloud and LinkedIn podcast pages. Also, please leave your valuable feedback. I will try to make this podcast better with your comments. Thank you so much. Um, thinking process is that is preparation. You can't wake up tomorrow and run a 10K, let alone a marathon or even a sprint triathlon. So the, the preparation is first deciding uh, mentally that you're going to do this, that you're capable of doing it mentally, because there are a lot of stresses that go on um, in regards to perseverance and uh, stamina that you have to develop over a period of time. So the preparation first begins with deciding you're going to become a triathlete and then planning your race or planning a season, which is what I do every spring. We usually race from March to October, plan races sequentially in different parts of the country that you know possibly someone is comfortable uh, a lake that somebody's comfortable swimming in or an ocean beach that they're that they like or that kind of thing and then uh, and then once you've decided that you will do this these three or four or five six races then the next thing becomes your actual preparation which is your fitness and your training a, a triathlete most triathletes will race maybe six times a season and perform obviously at the highest level that they possibly can but the but the race day is really sort of the culmination of all the effort that you've put in over weeks and weeks and weeks of training the average triathlete will train anywhere depending on their level of intensity anywhere from uh 15 to 30 hours a week wow so if you <laughs> add that up and in include that like in my case i'm training 20 25 hours a week at the most but i also work 50 hours a week so <laughs> the 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 preparation the the planning that one has to do is is phenomenal everything my my year is is written in like a script every season to make sure that you know you're you're training correctly and you're peaking uh when it's time to race most people who accomplish uh, uh really complex tasks or who who reach a, a pinnacle in in some sort of craft or art they have a schedule uh, they have a discipline sure. you're now getting at discipline of training so that is one aspect now you there is also the kind of gear you wear the diet you're on yes so uh yes and i remember we had this discussion on how you pick your apparel your active wear uh what kind of knee pads you use uh, uh what kind of shoes you know uh, do you want to uh, share some hacks on those or some tips and tricks yes. those lines mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely the the uh a triathlete uh, also needs organization um in addition to the preparation because the the actual tools that we have available to us are many and you have to pick the right tools that make you the most comfortable for your competitions but if you think about all the items that an athlete a triathlete needs the easiest 
easiest in some ways would be the swim or the run, uh, mm-hmm. especially the run. As long as you have a good pair of running shoes, you're you're probably set to be able to run effectively. Uh, that's very important. And then the second would be swim because definitely you need goggles. The goggles that we wear are different than the small goggles that uh, most swimmers wear when they train in the pool. The reason for that is, is the, our goggles need to have a, a, a more of a wider range of sight because we do something in triathlons called sight swimming. We're racing going out to a buoy in the water out in the, you know, a, a bay, and we have to be able to point towards that. So we're constantly, while we're stroking, we're also constantly looking ahead forward. And also looking to the side to make sure that we're not too close to another competitor. Um, because the last thing you want, and it's happened to me many times, but I've been next to another athlete and the goggles either got kicked off by someone in front of me Gosh. or kicked off by another person that's next to me. So the side swimming is very important. Um, but back to the organization and the tools, the bike is really the big one. Because uh, there's so many moving parts. You're on a machine, whereas in swim and, and run, it's more all about you and your and your movements. The right. bike is uh, is like driving your car. Um, everything has to work. Uh, we carry during training and racing a variety of tools that keep the bike moving effectively and. You know, everything from a flat tire, which happens quite often, not as often as it used to because the tires are much better. But when you're in a race and you have a flat tire, you have to change the tire yourself. There's no help. That's not uh, it's not part of the rules. So right. you got to get off the bike, take the tire off the the uh, the rim and replace it. So now we have. Uh, CO2 cartridges and other things like that. Well, in the old days, old, old days, mm-hmm. we used to have a small pump that we uh, would blow up a new tire with. But now it's much, much more sophisticated. And you can make the switch from having a flat tire and be back on your saddle in anywhere from one to maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't lose much time. So those would be the organizational tools that you need. And then the rest of the organization would be the actual training and fitness schedule, Mm -hmm. the specifics of what you do per exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, How many, how many meters a, a week do you swim? How many miles a week do you ride? And of course, how many, how many miles a week do you run? So that's all, of course, part of the organization as well. Um, then once you've got the organization effectively conquered, um, the next step really is optimization. And to me, optimization is the ability to create a training uh, uh, schedule that will allow you to peak by peak, I mean uh, to be at your your best fitness level when the race happens. 
right. so that you can actually accomplish the things that you need during the race. So the optimization is very important. And that also includes, which marathon runners usually understand, is at least the week before an event, uh, we do a thing called tapering in which we cut the the uh, the amount of exercise down to a very very low level so that that week before we're we're really resting and preparing and trying to optimize our capabilities when when we come to the the starting line and the gun goes off so um, that's optimization and then it it just it keeps going from from there. Now you're in the race. The the gun is going off. You hit the water, <laughs> and the swim starts. And it's a mass swim, and it's always chaotic at the beginning. It I've done escape from Alcatraz in San Francisco a few times, and we actually we jump off a boat, which is right anchored right close to Alcatraz, and swim to the shoreline in San Francisco. And our bikes are all parked in a transition area. What's we call them transition areas. You know where your bike is. You get the wetsuit off and um, and on with the with the next part of the race. The other thing that we do, which is the funniest side, but uh, when we're ninety percent of the time we race in wetsuits. Uh, wetsuits are more buoyant, so it allows you to swim a little bit easier, especially in the ocean, which is in San Francisco. In uh, many places, very cold, 54, 55 degrees. And then sometimes we swim in lakes, rivers, whatever the, the race geography calls for. So the, what we do to get that wetsuit off quickly when we come out of the water is uh, we put uh, petroleum jelly or Vaseline, it's called, on our wrists mm -hmm. and our uh, ankles and around our neck as well. Uh, the idea being that it's, it helps slide the suit off because wetsuits with the sort of rubber that they use, they're not easy to get in and out of. So uh, any surf, surfer will tell you that in the Bay Area. So um, the, the, that's one of the small things that we have to do in each race. And so now you're in the race. The, the next thing that really comes to mind to me is is determination because you're you've hit the water you know you're going to be there for if it's an iron man you know you're going to be ahead of you looking at uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 hours movement in the three sports if it's a short distance race that that number goes way down and you can do a the the pros do an olympic class event in less than three hours so you know, it's, it's still, it's much, much shorter. The world record in uh, men's and women's are, I think the women's are, the women are catching up with the men, but the uh, world record is now under eight hours for wow. an Iron, Ironman triathlon. Wow. Stamina over eight hours. Do you burn slowly? Still conserving energy. If you have to burn. Conserving energy and pacing. Pacing, I call it pacing. Conserving energy is is another uh, description for it. The uh, you can because of the excitement that takes place in a in an event um, with all the the you know the people yelling and the you know spectators and family and friends. 
um, and the athletes, the triathletes themselves, you can get out of control very quickly yeah. from the excitement. And so when you're in the water, as an example, you have to keep track, projected time, what you want to achieve. And if you, you know, if you take a glance at your watch and realize you've been in the water 45 minutes and you should be in the water for 50 minutes, then you need to slow down. Mm. So there's an awful lot of patience involved with triathlon too, because the event is so long. Um, you know, uh, so was, it's, uh, it's patience and tapering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was at a get together the other day and uh, there was this gentleman who wrote a book about training for sports and uh, all the mm-hmm. life lessons hidden in training for a sport like this. And he has applied uh-huh. it to startups you know, when I talk to you, I feel you're applying it in your design uh, profession at Nike. So uh-huh. what are some of those interesting lessons you learned while training for uh, triathlon or for Ironman, which you really apply in your work and in your design profession and generally in life, which I think most people would be very interested in. don't mean to say this in a cavalier sort of way but almost everything that we've discussed so far i also apply all of that thought process in my design work wow uh preparation organization optimization optimization determination perseverance we haven't gotten to perseverance yet but all of those things apply to design because a designer in my world is a problem solver. So from a standpoint of preparation, as an example in design, you have to do your homework to understand who you're designing for. Mm -hmm. Is the product you're designing actually what they really need? Mm -hmm. Sort of a a need mechanism there. And then all the way through, uh, organizing how you're going to design the product. What is the process? Uh, 3D, vellum, how long is it going to take the schedule? Nike is a company that produces products very quickly yes. because of the market intensity. Yes. And so there's a need to be on a calendar, a very short calendar always, and be able to optimize, optimize your days each day that, you, that you're working on a project. And then when you're about three quarters of the way through, at least it's been my experience, that's exactly when determination comes into place and perseverance. Mm -hmm. Because at that point in time, you truly need to just bull your way through it. That's probably not the right word, but just get through the project because down, down the road, there's a timeline with everything that we do. Yeah. So there's a lot of very mutual needs in, in design that, that are very similar to what I practice in my training. Founder of Nike, his book, uh, uh, I think he has uh, uh, a very fascinating story there about the origin of Nike. And I'm sure we all carry the same spirit here. It's going by by how you mentioned, you you build a product in in a very short sprint. So that means you have all your design principles, your preparation, the first mile, the last mile, everything is ironed out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's they're very similar so to uh, design in the first place because I was a runner before I was a designer. They're so married together. Right. That, you know, think thinking about it when I was a kid and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after university. Uh, I decided I wanted to design products, and uh, lo and behold, here we are, <laughs> many years wow. later. So great, uh, great, Ross. This has been a fantastic and very insightful conversation. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from this. Uh, I have one last question. Is there anything sure. you can uh, share with the people who are in a lockdown due to the pandemic, any sort of fitness hacks or, uh, you know, life hacks, which you have gleaned from all these intense hours at uh, training or at night, anything you want to share with them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think the main thing is to uh, think very clearly and cautiously about um, how and when you can train. Obviously we've been in man for many months last year, just completely locked up. Um, I was fortunate in that I live in an area that has a uh, university that was closed, but the streets were open and I could go there and run every day without any problems. Uh, you know, I, I wore a mask, which was not comfortable, but it had to be done. So that was that was more of a just a perseverance issue. Another uh, part of it was the, the hardest part was swimming because there, no pools were open. So you really had to think uh, strategically. So in my case, I live in Marin County and I had to find the ocean, the best place uh, to swim in an ocean or a lake. So that would be San Pablo Bay out at China Camp or uh, McNears Beach or going out on the, on the coast in Stinson and, and trying to do some swimming out there. Yeah, And then uh, the bike, if you have a trainer, a home trainer, which the, you can attach your road bike to, your triathlon bike to, and, um, and do your workouts at home. And then, of course, there's so many different um, great versions now, none of which are very inexpensive, unfortunately, but yeah. Peloton and all of the other services out there that uh, provide indoor endurance training machines treadmills bike trainers all of that so it, it's not impossible it can be done and uh i proved it most of my athlete friends didn't miss a beat training there were other sports that some of my friends also couldn't do which were golf and tennis because the golf courses were closed the tennis courts were closed and you had to you couldn't you know in tennis you have to have an opponent. You have to both touch the tennis ball. That wasn't acceptable in, in those days. So it, it, it can be done. You just have to persevere. And again, strategic thinking to make sure that you can find a way to continue to stay fit. Right. So this is the head and the heart, the mind and the body. They're all working together. Yes. And, uh, yes. And, and the soul. And the soul. <laughs> the absolutely. soul is very important. Yeah, and uh, it, it's, this increases immunity. And the, I think you gave a very, uh, the, the right guidance here with all parameters, uh, you know, considered. And I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from this podcast. So, uh, Russ, uh, what a hearty 
thank you. Thank you for this uh, half hour. I-, I wish I could talk to you forever because you have so <laughs> much knowledge on so many fronts. But uh, really, I'm immensely thankful for this session. Well, I appreciate uh, your, your asking me, Vita. So um, I hope someone can benefit from uh, this podcast and uh, get more fit, get out there and have fun. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Russ. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast 10x Hacks for Startup and Venture Success. This is your host, Vida Patil. I'm bringing you interviews of investors and founders from Silicon Valley and across the globe. This podcast takes a lot of time and effort, so please support this by subscribing to my iTunes, SoundCloud and LinkedIn podcast pages. Also, please leave your valuable feedback. I will try to make this podcast better with your comments. Thank you so much.